This episode of Field to Fork was produced as part of the Seattle Good Business Network's Good Food Economy Program and sponsored by the Whatcom County Farm Tour. Come enjoy September Eat Local Month in Bellingham and Whatcom County with delicious local food experiences all month long. Find details online at sustainableconnections.org slash events. This is the Field to Fork podcast, where we take you on a deep dive into the local food economy of the Puget Sound region, from farming operations to fine dining and everywhere in between, going to the source to find out how food comes to be and gets to you, direct from the people making it happen. I'm your host, Keith Bacon, and with me is my new co-host, Becky Selengut. Hi, Becky. Becky? Uh, Becky? Are you there? Oh, wait, that's right. Becky's off on a boat this month, cooking in a galley at sea. I hope it's smooth sailing for Becky and her team. And for me, I think I might free myself from the shackles of this podcast production studio, also known as my basement level den. I think a field to fork field trip is in order. And a little journey I've been wanting to make for a while now is up to Bellingham for the twice monthly Dockside Market, a program of the Port of Bellingham that creates access for the community to buy seafood direct from local fishermen. It happens on the first and third Saturday of every month at Squalicum Harbor from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Before heading up, I wanted to learn a little bit about how this very cool opportunity came to be, so I talked with Carrie Chan of the Port of Bellingham. I'm Carrie Chan. I am the coordinator of the Bellingham Dockside Market for the Port of Bellingham. How did Bellingham Dockside Market begin? It began in the thick of it in 2020. At that time, the overseas market for fishing and buying fish had pretty much completely shut down and the Mm -hmm. restaurants were all closed. So there was nowhere to sell seafood at the time. And there's a couple, Deb and Pete Granger, they're very active in the community, particularly around maritime and fishing issues. And uh, they were brainstorming with fishermen that they knew. They were brainstorming with the health department, with the Port of Bellingham to see how can we get something going locally so that fishermen can put an effort together and sell directly to customers. So it started in 2020, October is when we kind of opened our doors or had our first market. And has it changed much since it began? Honestly, probably not to people who are customers. (laughs) From behind the scenes, there have been changes and we've moved over from being under the umbrella of Bellingham Sea Feast, which is our local festival and a nonprofit. And now in, in 2022, we moved over to being under the umbrella of the Port of Bellingham. So it's really more behind the scenes that it has changed. But I think to the average customer, it's probably looked pretty similar. So how many vendors do you typically have at a dockside market? We have a list of about 14 There are never 14 there at once, unfortunately, but because we do go year round, we don't expect fishermen to sell when they're not catching fish. It's just not possible. So everyone is never there at the same time, but we have about, I would say maybe average six or seven vendors at a time. People who are either currently catching fish or they have the ability to maybe freeze their catch and sell it that way year round. 
And were you seeking out these fishermen or were they sort of coming to you when they got wind of what was happening? It was a little of both. So there was a core group that started from the get-go who were in on some of the planning and many of them are still part of the market. And then since then, some have come to the market because they've heard of it or they've seen the success and they've wanted to be a part of it. What has the response been between the vendors and the community? It's been really positive. I think that both vendors and community are very excited for the access. So vendors have access to the community and the community have access to seafood. And I think that's what we provide as a market is we have the coordination, we have the marketing, and so we can sort of bring everybody together. But it really is the fishermen are sort of the star of the show, right? So I get so much positive feedback from customers who are just happy to be able to buy seafood that comes in locally that before they would not have known how to access or there just wasn't access to it. You know, those of us who grew up in fishing families had that sort of person who was like the fish guy and you could kind of trade. And if you didn't have that person, it was really hard to find local seafood And so I think people are really excited just to have that access and vendors appreciate that some of the marketing and some of the social media stuff is done for them because that's another piece that's really hard to do when you're also fishing. What really strikes me uh, as a really interesting aspect about this is how it's sort of addressing or filling the gap in this learning curve about Mm -hmm. understanding where your food comes from and what goes into getting it to you. And when the fishermen have a chance to actually interact with their customers and explain to them not just what, you know, about the product, but what it took for them to get it, you know, how they got it and what it yeah. involves. I think that's a really important thing for people to understand. Very much. Yeah. Beyond sort of educating people or, you know, giving fishermen a place to, to sell. Are there other mm-hmm. sort of values or that, that come out of this kind of experience? I think that whenever you're able to buy food from someone who harvested it in whatever way that was done, I think that it really does taste better. And Mm -hmm. I think that connections are made between people in the community that they probably wouldn't normally meet. And Mm -hmm. they're able to understand another person's livelihood or lifestyle that maybe that they would not have had any encounter with before. And I really do think that when you meet a fisherman and you hear the story of, you know, the waters where it was caught, the conditions, or, you know, you get to hear their favorite recipe, you you appreciate that piece of fish so much more. And I really do think it tastes better. What is your favorite preparation of seafoods? Do you have a, like a number one? My favorite. Let's see. I mean, I'm partial to Dungeness crab because I am from a crabbing family. Mm -hmm. So any kind of preparation for that. I always appreciate, but I also have really learned to love black cod so much because Mm. it is one of those fish that you don't really need to know how to cook well to be able to make something delicious because it's pretty foolproof and it's so deliciously oily and buttery and can go with any kind of flavor, really. So I love that. Yeah, I'm with you on the Dungeness crab and my favorite preparation is nothing, you know, just... (laughs) clean it and then steam it in seawater <laughs> and just eat it hot immediately. No butter, no sauce, no nothing. Just give me direct crab connections, please. <laughs> yes. And you steam it. So you're doing something right. You don't need to take all the flavor out of it by boiling it. Steaming it really is the best way to prepare it. 
Yes, I agree. So you come from a crabbing family. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, my my dad is a commercial crabber. My husband's a commercial crabber. My father also used to be a commercial salmon fisherman in Bristol Bay, and I did my time up there as well. So we are around seafood a lot. How do those experiences inform the kinds of decisions or programs that you roll out at Bellingham Dockside? Well, my my dad actually didn't start out as a commercial fisherman. He was a chemist and we lived in Alaska and he was really into fishing as a hobby. And so the deal was that my mom wanted to move back to Washington and he said, okay, I get to become a commercial fisherman then. So he was a salmon fisherman. He fished in Bristol Bay for many years and I also have gone up with him and he became a crabber early on when we moved here in, in the 80s. And and my husband is a crabber with him now. So actually, before I became the coordinator of the program, I was selling crab with my husband for a couple months before I was hired as coordinator. And so I kind of know the behind the scenes part of what goes into being part of a fishing family and how it's very all consuming. Mm-hmm. And um it's not as easy as just showing up with your catch and just selling it. So I have some understanding of that from the vendor's perspective. So I think that helps a little bit to be able to bridge the gap and make fishermen feel like comfortable and welcome and let them know that we understand them and that we're here to support them. That's very cool. And so Bellingham Dockside Market happens all year round, the first and third Saturday of the month. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. First and third Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And we are in Squalicum Harbor. So right now we're outside. We're at Gate 5. And it's a lovely time of year. We're all out under our tents. And some are selling off the boat. And then hopefully in November, we will be back in the Fisherman's Pavilion with the roof over our heads for the nastier months. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. And people can sign up for an email list where they find out what the vendors are bringing in each week and also find that information on your Facebook page, correct? Yeah. Social media, Facebook, Instagram is where we're putting most of our information. We do have a website with general information and getting on that email list is a great way to get a reminder about the market that I send out the day before markets just saying, who's going to be selling and what they're going to have for sale and maybe throw in a recipe or something like that. But yeah, Facebook, Instagram, it's a good way to keep up with what we're doing at the market. So if anyone wants to be on that email list, they can email me and it's just dockside at portofbellingham.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for all the work that you're doing up there to facilitate these connections between local fishermen and local customers. I can't wait to get up there. Um, Will you save me a crab? I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So I'm not always a morning person, but it was kind of exciting to get up bright and early on a Saturday morning for a quick road trip up to Bellingham, one of my favorite cities in Washington. And it helped to have some good company with my good friend Candace, who never met a cup of coffee she didn't like. That's actually not true at all, but hopefully you get my point. Our first stop down on the dock was Slack Tide Fisheries, where Jace Rinker and Elisa Brackenhofer were selling local king salmon direct from their fishing boat with the help of their very cute dog. I'm Jace Rinker, commercial fisherman and local Bellingham. Where do you fish and what do you fish for? We fish 
in Alaska at Bristol Bay for sockeye. And then we come down here and we gill net in the Puget Sound for king salmon and coho. And then start fishing crab, dungeness in the Puget Sound, and then California coast for dungies. What do you like about selling your seafood direct to consumers like this? Um, see where it goes in the end. A lot of times we drop it off at the dock and never hear about it again. And yeah, it's pretty cool to see where it goes in the end. What is your personal favorite seafood preparation? I like a lot of canned salmon. And then um, there's pasta salamone. Yeah. I'm Elisa Brackenhofer. I fish on FV Palomino in Bellingham. I fish in Alaska and California as well. And we uh, fish for salmon, we fish for crab, and we gillnet. Uh, we're pot fishermen as well. So. And you're pretty new to the Bellingham dockside market, is that right? This is our first dockside, but we've been selling direct for a little while, and we have been fishing for quite a while. So Jace has been fishing for about 10 years, and I've been fishing for about five. What do you like about selling your seafood direct to people like this versus selling it to a market or some other way? It's pretty amazing to be able to connect local fish to local people. That's pretty much what we've been talking about doing since we started fishing together. So, you know, this it's the epitome of it all to bring your catch in and bring it to market. It's pretty amazing. How did you guys meet? Um, high school, Seahome High School, yeah. <laughs> how long have you been fishing together? We've been fishing together for five years, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you guys a couple? Yeah, we are, Th that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're actually getting married in a couple of weeks, but yeah, yeah. Is it easier to date someone that also smells like fish, or? <laughs> Thankfully, neither of us smell too fishy, but yes. <laughs> Only in Alaska. <laughs> what happens in Alaska? Um, not a lot of showers. A lot of time on the boat, not a lot of showers. Yeah, yeah, so we spend about two weeks straight um, out on the water at a time before we kind of can get back in, take a shower, and sometimes that doesn't happen. <laughs> How did you come up with the name Slack Tide? Um, it's a, one of our favorite times. It's a little bit calmer than when we're fishing the flood or when we're fishing the ebb. So it's the time to breathe. So. Over at Sound Leader Seafood, a significant line of customers stretched down the dock for pre-ordered pickups and a wide assortment of fresh catches from black cod to rockfish, Dover sole, and halibut. In what might be a first, waiting in line was actually pretty fun, interacting with other customers about what brought them to Dockside Bellingham that day and how they were planning to prepare their sustainably scored seafood. What did you get today? We got black cod. And what are you going to do with it? Uh, we're going to grill it, poach it, roast it, you know. Um, it's really... It's, it's hard to mess up. I'm not a great cook, so... Uh, <laughs> can I have some? Uh, sorry, pal, you can go down. <laughs> awesome. I'm Steve from Bellingham, Washington. Cherie from Bellingham, Washington. And do you come down here to the Dockside Market pretty frequently, or is this your first time? Very first time. <laughs> first time. Mm -hmm. What do you think of it so far? Great. The fish looks really fresh. Looks really good. <laughs> uh, what have you purchased so far? So far we got a king salmon from the Lemmy guys up at the top. And we're going to try to buy a halibut here. What are you going to do with it? Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue it uh -huh. and eat it. Uh -huh. Share it with friends. What time should I come over? Yeah, anytime after five. <laughs> you can follow us home. That's all right. You'll be family. How important is it to you to eat and purchase sustainably harvested seafood? Oh, very, very important. Yeah, all the way. Huh? My name is Arun and I'm from Linwood. And what brought you to the Bellingham Dockside Market today? 
I had seen the ads on Facebook, so that's what I'm trying to do and see what's going on here. Uh-huh. Is uh, sustainably harvested seafood important to you in terms of eating and things that you buy? Yes, I, I try and get the most freshest fish, the second fish, and get. And also the food, that, the seafood that I get from the supermarkets, I don't believe in them. So I would rather go for the fresh ones. <laughs> what is your favorite seafood preparation? Uh, we do halibut, uh, curry, and fried, deep fried, uh, and also baked salmon. Sound Leader Seafood is a family-run business that was extremely busy that morning, but in addition to scoring their last black cod, I also got in a quick chat. My name is Ava and I am the marketing specialist and the sales specialist. So I handle all pre-orders and I run the social media page for us. What do you like about selling seafood direct to people on the dock like this versus other ways? Well, it's a lot more personable. Um, I love hanging out with everyone and uh, giving them fresh fish. And fishing is in your family, right? This is like the, the family business? It is, yes. My uncle runs the boat. Uh, he's the captain. And then his wife, Gina, also works with us, and she sells fish in Arizona. Wow, in Arizona? Yes. <laughs> That's a long flight. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Up on land, we checked out Island Girl Seafood, another business representing generations of family working together to connect consumers with local seafood. And as a notable standout from most of the other seafood options on offer that day, Island Girl does the cooking for you. I'm uh, Layla, and I'm with Island Girl Seafood. Um, it's family owned. Yeah. And what are you selling here today? We're selling chowder. We have three different kinds. The first one is our Caribbean, which is coconut milk base. And then the second one is our Manhattan, which is tomato based. And then we have our Seattle chowder, which is the cream base. So kind of the original. And then we have baguettes. Which chowder is your favorite? I like the Caribbean just because it's a little bit spicy. And I like that kick. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did I, I think I read on the website that gooey duck clams are in some of these chowders. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, d- and this is your first time being at the Dockside Market, right? Yes, this is. Well, how do you like being here and interacting with people in this way versus being in a store or something? I like it. It feels more personal than it would in a store because it's like one-on-one and you have more time to talk about the chowder. Have you spent much time digging clams yourself? I have not. It looks fun. I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely on my list of things to do. Yeah, ask your boss for the tips. I, I'm curious, like, where they go clamming. Yeah, me too. I will find that out. <laughs> Another vendor who was making it easy to enjoy all this fresh local fish was an enterprising young man who was using his expert knife skills to clean and fillet freshly bought fish purchased from all the vendors on site, and he was working just for tips. Honorio Marquez, and uh, I just cut fish for the people buy from the boat, uh-huh. and I work just for tips. How many fish do you cut on a typical day here? Uh, not sure, but maybe like, i say like more than a thousand pounds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is there a, one fish that you like cutting more than another? I like cut the halibut more than other fishes so how come because it's easy for me <laughs> yeah nice. so easy and 
I got that right, tools and everything, yep. I was also really impressed with Sea to Shore Seafood and the extra effort they put into creating a meaningful connection between their customers and their fishermen. So my name is Chelsea Cuteman and my business is Sea to Shore Seafood. Uh, my husband and I have started this business to bring um, our direct caught fish to our consumer. And where do you fish and what do you fish for? Yeah, we fish out of Southeast Alaska. So we've got permits for salmon. So we actually catch all five species of salmon. Um, so that's gonna be your king salmon, your sockeye, your coho, your kita, and your pink salmon. We also have a small quantity of halibut IFQs, which allows us to catch halibut and a little bit of bycatch of Pacific cod and rockfish. What's your favorite salmon? I love the coho salmon. So it's, it's really mild tasting, uh, less fat and oils in it. So it's just really easy on the palate. What do you like about selling your seafood direct to consumers at a place like the Dockside Market versus other avenues? My big issue with seafood is there's so much mystery still around it, and there doesn't need to be that. So for us, it's really important to actually connect the story of the fishermen to the people who are actually consuming the fish. There should be no mystery. You should be able to tell who caught your fish, where it was caught, what methods were used, basically completing that story of how that fish made it from the ocean to your plate. So as we've grown and started sourcing from other fishermen, um, I've tried to buy on from like my mom, my little sister, my stepdad, you know, people I went to high school with. And with that, we still put their face on each package of fish. We have a scannable QR code so you can actually learn and like virtually meet your fishermen, little bios about them and just really trying to connect the consumer to their food they're eating. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, has the relationships between customers and fishermen like expanded beyond through this, the connection that you're creating? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, we've got people, you know, that I'll get excited and they're like, oh my gosh, that's a fisherman. Or they'll see like my face or my husband's face on a piece of fish. And then they connect all the dots really fast and get excited. And they've shown a lot of um, it, it, really good response to actually, you know, noticing and learning what we're doing and being really appreciative of that. So like, yeah, if you can see that. Nice. Yeah. So we have like the, the, you know, fishing vessel here, the fishing method used. You can scan that, you know, so you can actually read more and learn about my husband. And then we have have, you know, down here, like date packed. So we really try to remove the mystery out of everything. Is it like a Pokemon Go sort of situation? <laughs> Collect and trade them all? <laughs> I, I've actually never played that, but uh, <laughs> yes, you should. You should collect them all. <laughs> Last but not least, well into the afternoon when things had settled down a bit, I had a chance to talk with Terry Fair of the Lummy Seafood Market, who'd been busy helping customers all morning with his wide array of offerings, ranging from whole fish to Dungeness crab and even sea urchin. Hi, I'm Terry at Lummy Seafood Market, and I'm a fisherman, diver. We dive for sea cucumbers, urchins, and gooey duck, and we also crab off our boat, spot prawn. We do a little bit of halibiting, and we also dive for... Um, live singing scallops. We don't do that too often, but there's little market for that. Right now we're fishing for fresh king salmon and coho, and then soon we'll be going for chum. So we get a lot of fresh salmon eggs, and those sell out pretty fast. <laughs> and where do you do all this fishing? Just right here in the Puget Sound, Salish Sea. Just right here right in our backyard. What do you like about uh, selling your fish, your seafood at a place like this, Dockside Market? I mean, you have your great Lummy Seafood Market, but uh, what's the appeal to be here at something like this? Right here being at the Dockside gives us opportunity to um, add a lot of value to our product and help us pay our bills and step away from selling all of our product at once. It teaches us how to keep our food close and local. It's teaching us how to um, feed the community and... Um, 
helping us eat something fresh that helps our heart. You know, the omega-3s, stepping away from eating steaks and chicken, all that other stuff. Nothing nothing against farming. I love steak and chicken too, but, you know. And then also it's uh, something that we've ate and it's been in our DNA for a long time. And it helps create a market for our fishermen. How much of your seafood is caught by tribal fishermen? 50-50. So in the Puget Sound, 50% the product comes from our um, tribal people and then 50% from the state, which is non-tribal people. See, that's the thing. When our, our ancestors signed the treaty in 1855, the first thing our, our chiefs said from all the tribal people was that we want to make sure we can fish. That was the most important thing they said. They wanted to make sure that we would be able to fish. And then that's, I think that's the most important thing to our people is salmon. Yeah, salmon is not just food to the Lummi people. No, it's um, something that we eat all year long. We uh, can our fish. You know, we make soup with it, we make sandwiches, we, we make fish hash, we just eat it right out of the jar with crackers, you know, and we, gotta, we have it, we run out of it all the time. Lots of people in our community, they don't have a fisherman in their family. So, and that's something that's um, became new to our tribal people, you know, not having a fisherman in their family. So they don't even have fish to eat all year long. Because there is a, a cultural significance, correct? Yeah, there's uh, creation stories like the Salmon Woman. We created a, a Salmon Woman product this year. We call our our canned sockeye, local Fraser canned sockeye we created. We call it Salmon Woman. And there's a creation story behind that. It says you got to be thankful for your salmon or else the Salmon Woman will come back and she'll take away her children, which she has done in the past. And that's why that story was created. So we got to be thankful for our salmon and, and make sure we don't take too much too. I also want, have to ask you about gooey duck. Like you dive for gooey duck, right? What's that process like? So when we dive for gooey duck, we um, gotta go about anywhere from, I'd say 40 to 60 feet deep, you know, somewhere around there. And we're using um, water that's pumped down to us by a, a Lovejoy compressor pumping water down to us. We're holding on to it. We call it a stinger, but it's pumping out like a big squirt gun. But you know, like a fire hose pumping water down us. So we got to hold that down there and, and, and wait. we uh, scuba down there and that water pushes out the gooey duck and we have to hold the gooey duck nose while we're going around it. And um, yeah, we do that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's quite a process. Do you have a favorite seafood to either catch or eat? I like to dive sea cucumbers. I mean, I'm pretty good at it. That's one of the ones you have to hunt around for and they, they, they stay in a herd. And once you find them down there in the ocean, you can you can get quite a few of them. We don't eat them too much in the United States, but there's, they have uh, they're really good for your blood flow. They say, yeah, the Chinese people buy them up, and um, they're good for your blood circulation. And um, to me, they taste like a clam. There's a clam strip meat in them. Mm -hmm. You could eat the whole thing, but uh, that'd be interesting for us to teach ourselves how to eat some eat that more. I know our ancestors used to eat them too. Um, but yeah, I like diving that one. I'm, I'm pretty good at that one. When we dive sea urchins, we have to use a rake and we have to grade them down there. We're not supposed to bring up big ones or small ones. We have to take up a certain size so we don't damage the, the stock. And um, you gotta find them in certain locations. They're usually under kelp, so you're in the kelp, which is, you gotta be careful. You don't get wrapped up in it. We had one of our divers pass away getting wrapped up in kelp uh, a couple years back. And uh, we just, you just gotta be real careful, but that's part of the job. That's one thing that makes it fun. 
is uh, being underwater. You know, you're at the mercy of the water when you're down there. Well, you be careful out there. <laughs> yep. Thank you. That conversation with Terry really hit home for me, encapsulating so many things about what it means to be a fisherman, especially today. The risks and the rewards, the effort and the enjoyment, the storied history and the hopes for the future. And I wouldn't have taken any of that away without the opportunity to hear it firsthand. Everyone's heard the jokes about fishermen and their fish tales, but spending some time at the dockside market is where it all gets very real. Check out the show notes in your podcast player for more information about everyone featured in this episode. And thank you to everyone at Bellingham Dockside Market for sharing your time and stories with me. That's it for this episode of Field to Fork. But before you go, I have a little favor to ask. First, make sure you're following us on your podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And it would be like handing me a freshly steamed cluster of Dungeness Crab if you shared this episode with your circle of family and friends, or even just one person who you know loves learning about our Pacific Northwest food scene. So go ahead and make my day. Field to Fork is a Made with Bacon production, all rights reserved. Interviews have been edited for brevity and clarity. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where our handle is Field to Fork Podcast. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.